0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Drive DriveTriber Talks podcast episode 7. Today we've got uh, Pat Pedrosa or Patricia Pedrosa. How should I address you from now on?
1: Uh, Mrs. Queen, <laughs> ruler <laughs> of it all. <laughs> so all right, you then. Pat. You, you can call me Pat. It's actually Patricia Pedrosa, but uh, it's hard to say, so just call me Pat. So. <laughs> Will do. And, of course,
0: we've got Charles Uh, North, who's in New York traffic now. Yep. Yeah. Well, how's everybody doing today? Doing all right. That's good.
1: I'm I'm doing doing great. great.
0: We're all doing great. Good to hear we're all making it out and all of this. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and get started with the interview. So, uh, Pat, where are you from?
1: I am from Brazil, Do you want to know the specific Thanks. city, I can tell you that, the specific city, no one knows it, it's called Ipatinga. I was born there with, when I was four years old, my dad moved to the big city, and I've uh, been around the big city ever, ever since, basically. Oh wow, okay.
0: So you've pretty much been in Brazil all your life?
1: Mm, yes and no, because I studied in the US for four years, I live in St. Louis, Missouri for four years. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, oh,
0: so God, how, how old are, I... are you now?
1: <laughs> That's a very awkward question. I said the awkward ca- questions started early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> off the bat, we start. I Truth am lady 30, 31 years old now. Okay. What? Yeah, no, because, so,
0: what's your daily drive then? What do you drive over there?
1: I drive a mini one, a which mini was, one. A, yeah, it was a b- bargain. It, uh, I got it. Uh, so, sorry, uh, thoughts. <laughs> I imported cars. are Well, cars in general are very expensive in Brazil. It's super expensive because of, of the ridiculous amount of taxes that we have. So I bought this um, mini one, uh, which... Uh, was pre owned, it had uh, I think it was 10,000 kilometers on the clock, and I bought it for 50,000 reais. Which to you is gonna sound like a lot of money because that's 10,000 pounds, uh, that means like what 15,000 dollars, but to me it was a bargain because those cars don't go for cheaper than 100,000 reais here, so the double of the price, uh, for a new one, oh. and uh, okay. I am in love with it basically uh i i never thought i would like a mini because the the design always felt a little bit too happy and i like the more aggressive looking cars uh but uh driving it it's fantastic never gave me any problems it's small enough for city and cd parking and it, it drives uh, pretty well too so i love it cool all right what yes, was your you first just- Sorry, Charles, can you repeat I, that?
2: Sorry, I guess you have to have a, a good small city car for the parking, and the Mini would be perfect for that. So, yeah. I mean,
1: I, I, tend, to, I tend to like driving bigger cars better. So, my dad has uh, Mitsubishi Pajero, he had a bunch of those. And I love driving that thing because it makes me feel so safe and like in control of the road. Like when I'm driving it, I feel like no one will ever mess with me because I can basically just drive you know, through them. But um, yeah. yeah, the small one is just better for city, city driving. And uh, I don't need more than that. It's just me, I, I live by myself. I don't have anyone, I have a cat and, and, and that's it. So why get anything bigger? You asked me what was my first car, Alex? Yeah, yep. <laughs> That's a, so. I am. Uh, I am lucky that uh, my dad was able to give me a car. That's very common in Brazil for you know uh, rich princesses and. <laughs> all of that. So my dad gave me a Citroen C3 XTR. It was not the car that I wanted. I want. I wanted a Fiat Stilo. I don't know if you know that car. Not reliable, but it was the car that all the, the playboys, all the guys, the, you know, the cool guys were driving that one. And that was the car that I wanted. But he said, no, you need a girly car. And then he gave me a C3. <laughs> 2009 C3, <laughs> right. yeah. And that was, gosh, 13 years ago. I'm old. Yeah.
2: Wow. All but right. my Real second car... High.
1: Sorry, my second car was a Kia Forte or Serato, Serato, I don't know, uh, Forte in the US, Serato in the UK, and uh, that was beautiful, very comfortable, never, never any problems. They had, uh, I think it was like 10 years warranty or five years warranty is when they were pushing to change the image of the brand as, you know, something that was not reliable. And it was very comfortable. And the looks, because it's a Sedan, and it's like a BMW-ish, like a copycat. Uh, That that was when I got uh, my my aggressive masculine car desire fulfilled, (laughs) basically. And now I'm back to the Mini.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because now Kias are fantastic cars, especially you mentioned that warranty now that they offer that are just unrivaled in the auto industry, especially for a car of that price.
1: Well, and the, yeah. the Stinger looks phenomenal. It's a bit too expensive, but it looks so great. Yeah. It can,
2: it's my favorite it, car, I, I got to test drive one for a review. I loved it.
1: Those, yeah, those people though. know what they're doing. They just, they just don't have the whole uh you know there's a lot of prejudice against them but they know what they're doing it, the car looks great it drives great it's comfortable it's quality like inside the inside of the car is quality my sister has a king Dye, it's an hb20 so it's 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 simple car she has a top of the line of the, the simple small car and yeah. you can tell that it's fake quality so the textures and everything looks like quality, but you, you, you just know that, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Your watch wanted yeah. to say in that, it disagreed with you.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 so your mini one, is that an automatic or a manual?
1: Manual, and actually in Brazil, to get a driver's license, you have to drive a manual car. You oh, have really? to take, le- yeah, yeah. So the way that it works is you have to go to a school to get all the theory training and it's like minimum of 15 hours. Then you take a written test. After you take the written test, you have to take, I think it's 30, maybe they have increased it now, but 30 hours with an instructor. So you get the, the school's car, which in my case was a Chevrolet Celta. I don't know if you know that one. One meter Chevrolet Celta with no assists, no anything, like the crudest of the cars. And I ended up getting like muscles from driving that car because you have to do all of those things. So you go through 30 hours of training with an instructor telling you pretty much everything that you're going to go through the test and like in real life what you should do when you're driving, when, you know, they teach you how to drive. Basically, everyone has to go through that, and then you go to the test. The test is on the real road, just like you know, in the US and in, in the UK. There's someone with you in the car, and um, yeah. So, wow. Yeah. And here in all
0: the- everybody manual. should adopt that. We should, in order to be able to drive, you should get. You should learn how to drive manual. Save the manual transmission.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I. It, it, that's it's uh, that's a difficult discussion. A lot of people don't support that idea of saving the the manuals, right? I think like uh, James May doesn't even support it. I love driving manual cars, but uh, truth be told, it's not that easy for most people, right? I mean, manu- automatics are so much easier, and if you're driving in the cities, uh, really, uh, well, there's so much stress in traffic, so. Uh, why complicate that? But uh, I prefer manuals. My mom was shocked that I bought a manual car. She, she drives <laughs> automatic now. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But in Brazil, everyone, uh, so everyone that is not super rich, and well, everyone knows how to drive manual cars. Everyone that is not super rich has a manual car. So most Brazilian girls, automatically, sexiness boosts because you know that they, <laughs> they drive metal cars. <laughs> I
0: mean, like, that's fantastic. So what
1: are your thoughts on electric cars? I would love to have one. Oh, I, I, You know, I, I went to music school. So I'm very particular about noises. You can call me uh, many words that start with A and end with N, But (laughs) I am very particular about noises. And I leave downtown. There is a bus stop right uh, under my building that the buses start at 5 AM every single morning. And there is so much noise everywhere around me. So the idea of electric cars, to me is brilliant because it would take so much unnecessary stress from my life. That doesn't mean that I like uh, ice cars any less, you know, I love them, but um, the noise is a really important thing to me, like personally, this is very important to me because of my situation. I don't judge people that hate it. I don't judge people that love it. I think that everyone should be able to purchase what uh, they want and desire and love. But uh, in Brazil, that's not gonna happen anytime soon because we don't have the infrastructure to charge the cars. If you're super rich as you can buy uh, an i3 or an i8 if you're like, a millionaire, and then they will install you an outlet. But then you're gonna be able to, you know, go to the, the bakery and come back home. You can't travel anywhere, you can't go anywhere. So, why get an electric car in, in a country like mine? Doesn't make sense. But if I, right, if I live somewhere like Los Angeles, uh, you know, California, super rich, I would totally get uh, at least an i8 for fun. Yeah,
0: well, if you could get. Any electric car which one would it be would it be an i8 yeah
1: well yes yeah because that's the, the i mean that's almost that's the cheapest coolest electric car that i can get right
0: <laughs> pretty much yeah
1: yeah that's what i would do i i i'm also very stingy i don't like spending a lot of money so i would get like the cheapest of the coolest basically <laughs> well, am... like you could
0: get a model three or something like that but i don't know if oh call yeah it really yeah cool.
1: Well, the silver
2: the yeah, truck is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I still go on and get the Chevrolet Bolt. I've driven one and I liked it a lot. It had a lot of character, so yeah. You with and your it, Chevy it,
1: Bolt? It
2: it it had a it had a really good range. It had about three hundred fifty miles and something like that on a, on a on a charge. So so uh, yeah.
1: You do a lot of long trips, right? You, tra- you travel around, road trips, testing the car. So that's uh, something that is very important to you, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, actually, speaking of big cars earlier, I'm right now in a uh, brand new Chevrolet Silverado with the uh, Trail Boss Edition. It's huge, it's massive. It's, I got so much space in this thing, it's crazy. So, and I'm high up. <sighs>
1: See, that, 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 that's a cultural thing, right? When I lived in St. Louis, I, I loved all the trucks. If I were to move back to St. Louis, which I, I won't, but if I for some reason I had to move back to the Midwest, I would get a Raptor or something really, really huge okay. because anything else makes you look like a total clown <laughs> if you are in the Midwest, <laughs> right? If you have like a, a, a Chevrolet, what's the name of that, the small one? Is it uh, Colorado? Colorado? No a like a like a red, red, uh, cobalt is that a Chevrolet you know what I'm talking about Chevy right Chevy
0: cobalt i think that's a dodge yeah. right
2: maybe
0: no, a Chevy or dodge
2: cobalt i'm not sure no Chevrolet the cobalt okay. is, yes. a, uh, is a car it's a, it, it could be either two door or four door but i would recommend the coupe you know it's, uh, they, that came with the ss package with the supercharger 3.8 liter V6. It was pretty much a uh, Pontiac G6 and stuff like that. So, oh,
0: that's not bad. Yeah.
1: No, yeah. they're great cars, but uh, everyone else is driving this huge pickup trucks, right? So it makes you look a little bit like yeah, you, a kid, you like driving
2: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Unless you fall. Cool.
1: But answering so. your question, Alex, uh, my my dream electric car is. Uh, an i8 uh, Tesla close second. There, I don't think there are Teslas in Brazil actually, they're just too expensive. Um, but yeah, that yeah, would be great.
2: Not many charging
1: stations either, is there? I have no idea. I think in that I've seen in my city, there is a shopping center around a mall around that, that has two of them. <laughs> oh. Yeah,
0: <laughs> got it. All right then, so moving forward here, what's your favorite classic car?
1: I'm about to make so many people hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be that because, bad uh, opinion. <laughs> I'm not too big of a fan of classic cars. I mean, when you say classic car, I think of a Lamborghini compact. Anything other than that, just... I. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm not mechanically inclined, you know, I don't know how to fix things. I am very good at disassembling them, but if I have to like fix or change parts, uh, I struggle because I was never taught to do that. So every time I think of classic cars, I think of the hassle I would have to fix one because I don't know how to fix them myself. And I really like to Do things myself. So the idea that a classic car is something that I cannot do myself makes me a little bit against it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll ask a question that you'll like better then. What's your favorite modern car?
1: My go to answer to that question, to that question specifically, is. My favorite modern car, car is my car because it's the one that I get to drive, it's the one that you know carries me around, it's the one that I get to see in the gears every day. <laughs> you know, that tends to be my favorite, my go to answer to that question. Okay, I know it's terrible, but if I had to say, like, A oh, your dream one. favorite modern. My mini, my car, usually my car. So when it was a Serato, it was a Serato. When I was driving my car's BMW, that was my favorite car. Just, you know, the fact that I can drive it, that makes it my favorite. But uh, like, I think the answer to your question would be Porsche 911 GT2 <laughs> RS. Oh.
0: <laughs> so you're pulling off a Richard Hammond on that one.
1: Is that his favorite car too?
0: Well, he loves Porsches in general. I mean, every Top Gear episode where he had an option to take when he took those. sure, I was watching a road trip or the other, and he was driving one. Exactly. Does he
1: he own one, though? Does he have one? I think he did at
0: one point. He owned one at one point in time, I think. Might not have been a GT2 RS, but he owned some form of a high-performance 911. He had
2: a 911, I think, turbo. And it was like an 89 model or an 80s model. I'm not sure. But uh, it was right around the time he got on the top gear, like with Jeremy Clarkson. So he had one back in the early 2000s. And uh, I think it was also around the time he met Mindy. Okay. I remember reading his book, him talking about it. I have almost every book each of them wrote. So.
0: Okay, got
1: it. I find find that idea of what's your favorite car, something, (laughs) I don't know how to say this without making people hate me. But I mean, I can say that the Lamborghini Contest is my favorite car, but I have never driven it. I don't know what it what it's like to live what it's like living with one. You know, I don't know if it's gonna crash on me all the time. If I'm gonna be able to take it around the the road. So is that really my favorite car? It's not being a car for me. You know, you know what I mean? Like I'm not driving it. It's my favorite poster, yeah. my favorite yeah. picture of a car. Well, really, it's, I guess
0: what would your dream car be? So for that, you'd answer the Kuntosh then, because that's what you would dream of getting.
1: Um I don't know because that's not what I would dream of driving you know i mean I know that that's not gonna be fantastic to drive. I'm pretty sure it doesn't have Bluetooth right oh, are <laughs> so going listen oh, to my no. favorite tunes yeah, so how can I say that that's my my dream car may it maybe it's my dream uh work of art to put in my garage, but uh I feel like a, like a Porsche 911 GT2 RS would be more of a dream car for me to own than uh, the, the Contest. Okay. Sorry, so, did my question totally upset everyone? <laughs> 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 uh, well, like, well so. I mean, like, it makes sense, though.
0: It makes sense, sort of.
2: As long as it's not a Prius, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, as long as you don't come out and say, my favorite dream car is a Prius. You we'll know, the...
1: Remember that not the first one, but the second Prius, the one that made most success. That one looked kind of nice. I know everyone hates it, but it was like a, the biggest. It was like groundbreaking in terms of cars because it looked a bit modern, a bit a bit weird, and it it was electric, right? Hybrid or whatever it was. I don't even know. Don't don't care too much about Prius, but. It, <laughs> That that made such a huge impact on people that I think it has its value. Everything after it, uh, it's just people trying to catch that to that uh, fever that that can be either negative or positive, right? A fever. Well, now you've got everybody
0: mad, you because you just tried to justify the second generation Prius as being decent. That's like saying the Nissan Juke looks all right. I know
1: man. Uh, the things <laughs> things uh how do I say this? There are I don't know if you have this expression in English, but there are bad things that come for good causes. Like even if people hate something, it has a, a role. In this case it was to make it popular, make the idea of electric cars popular, right? So uh, right. it was a bad thing that after that, everyone was like, no, we need to make a better-looking electric car. And then we have all of these beautiful things that came after that, right? So, In that sense, you do have a point,
0: though. I mean, the Prius did kind of popularize the electric car, and it gave other automakers kind of a drive to be like, let's do better than them and make an
1: actual good-looking car. So in that sense, you have a point. And that's why I, I used to post a lot of crap on DriveTribe because I, I had a role, I had a, a lot of influence w- with people and I posted things that you know, I wanted. I knew that they weren't 100% quality. I, I don't have any money to drive cars around and all of that. But I knew that if I posted using the techniques that I have to get engagement, which is you know engage with people back, uh, do your title, do your, do your this, do your that, if I did it, lower quality, I knew that someone would look at me and say, I can do better than that. And they would post something beautiful. And that was always my strategy when posting on drive Tribe, you know, when doing anything on drive Tribe. I would do something that I knew wasn't like, perfect, but that would drive people to do something better than to do better. I do. do Yeah. Yeah. So then,
0: other than DriveTribe and driving your Mini 1, what hobbies do you have?
1: Oh my gosh, um, so since I joined Drive Tribe, since I joined Drive Tribe as an employee, until three months ago, all that I did in my life was work for Drive Tribe. I would wake up at uh, 4 a.m., have my first meetings at, you know, five, sometimes at seven, um, then I would work until 5 6 7 p.m. depending on the day straight and I would eat and sleep and that was pretty much my life for the period I was working full time on the drive tribe that was my life before that um I went to theater school I went to music school so I studied uh, music in college in the US I went to business school before that um and today so after What I'm doing is that playing a lot of video games and streaming, and uh, that's and and using a lot of social media. I I guess I can say that social media is my biggest hobby. I love social media. I love understanding people's reasoning behind you know um, the way that they use social media, the the whole psychology you know behind on. why do people interact with content? Or how do you create content that will get people to interact with it? And what are people really looking for for when they use uh, social media? So uh, I guess social media. Right now, I'm using Twitch to investigate all of these needs, right? Um, because of live streaming, which is something that it's not new. But with corona, it's. Its value became so much more noticeable. I'm using my time to investigate so what is it about live streaming? What are people looking for? How do you make live streaming more engaging? What can I change in the way that uh live stream is held right now that would help uh, creators that will help an audience feel you know more um, more part of that event so That's my hobby, which is a bit nerdy. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah. And
0: we're just going to kind of gloss over the streaming for now because we'll dig very deep into that a bit later on through this. So just kind of gloss over that for the moment, going back to cars here. What's something funny that's happened in a car to you?
1: Something funny? Um, funny, funny, well, okay, uh, I don't know if it's funny, It's, it's, uh, when I was in college in the U.S., I went to a music festival, this is not funny, but it's my favorite story, I went to a music festival in Vermont, Burlington, Alex, where are you? You're in the UK, right?
0: I'm in Delaware. United States. Oh, in
1: Delaware. Okay, sorry. I'm an idiot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're fine. I'm going to Rhode Island. So that's south of Vermont. But I've been in New York many times.
1: Right. So you are in the U.S. So you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Yeah, I was in Burlington, Vermont, for this music festival. And uh, classical music, musical music festivals are not like Coachella, right? That you go and just listen to music. Classical music uh, festivals, you go and study and practice and take lessons. And it's like the most boring thing. So it's just for nerds, basically. And my friend and I decided that we would drive all the way back to St. Louis, so 17 hours, nonstop, listening to the whole quartet, so it was like 15 hours of music all wow. the way back. Yeah, and the thing is that, uh, just, sorry, this might be super boring, but the thing is when uh, Beethoven started writing his quartets, it was all classic, classic sounding, right? So like uh, if you think of like Mozart, uh, you know how Mozart sounds like in your head, that's Beethoven in the beginning. And then when he gets to the end, the guy is deaf, he's like not giving a F anymore about anyone's opinions. So his music is totally out there. It's like beyond being romantic, beyond being like anything like beautiful to our senses, uh, he's all the way out there. So in, when I tied that to 17 hours, when I got, to, when we got to St. Louis, I am pretty sure I was like totally, um, in trance already and I I, like looking back that was funny because it was so dumb to do that it's uh the exhausting trip and then uh listening to this this music that gets heavy like really heavy into actively listening to it which dumb musicians do (laughs) because we pay Uh attention uh, that was crazy. It was it wasn't super funny to be there, but I remember that when I made it to my place, the first thing that I did was throw up because I was like I, and <laughs> it was like it was like using drugs and we didn't. The only drug that we used was Beethoven, basically. That was crazy. Yeah.
0: Fifteen hours of classical bizarre heavy music out of seventeen hours. You had like two hours of quiet after that probably.
1: Wow. Well, we uh, we actually heard things twice. <laughs> like oh, God. Video, you know, we, yeah, yeah, we heard things twice because it, it sounds uh, um, tragic. So. <laughs> yeah, it, it's nerdy. It's Things that only music nerds do. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I the reason I don't have a funny story is because I am a nerd. <laughs> That's my funny story. I, you
2: see, for me, I would have I I would listen to rock music or uh, pop music of the time, like. Right now, probably Lady Gaga, some country music, uh, you know, a little bit of rap here and there, you know. So that's 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 what usually would take up my car trips.
1: Yeah, yeah my well, actually, life. that's what I listen to. That, it was that just
0: it. really well. What what's your favorite song to listen to as you're driving?
1: You know, usually varies. I get this thing where for like a week I'll get really into a song. So right now is the Budapest by George Ezra. Every time I turn my car on, that's the first music that plays this week. But then, you know, last week it was Shotgun, which is a very, okay. very car, car-like music, right? He's talking about driving shotgun with friends. But, yeah, it changes all the time. I'm not, I'm not super... Although I sound very nerdy. I listen to everything. But.
0: Hey, that's respectable. I mean, I, I'm pretty much the same. I listen from everything to rock, rap, everything, pretty much. So, I mean, the more the better. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, are you a motorsport fan?
1: I used to be. Growing up, oh gosh, that's actually sad, sorry. I remember the exact moment that Santa died. I was four years old. It was my mom's birthday. I was in the living room sitting on the, on the rug pretending I was driving. Uh, we used to watch Axel Senna every race. He, he was a huge deal in Brazil, as you can imagine. He still is. Um, and You're a, uh,
2: he's an icon.
1: Yeah so I, I remember I remember something happened on the TV as I was watching and my mom coming and being shocked and I, I asked her you know what's going on and she said I, I think he died and uh, I mean I was just four years old so it was very difficult to process but the the moment I stopped being a motorsport fan was in, in that race that they told Barrichello to let uh, Schmacher pass.
2: Okay. Wow. Oh, that sucks.
0: That's I mean, amazing I, I, that I, you remember that. That's...
1: wow. Gosh, the, the guy was a god. The guy was a god in our country. Oh, yeah. And I remember. Everyone that came after that Struggles so hard to fill his shoes like Barrichello was always treated as the second one so when that Ferrari thing happened I, I was like why bother with motorsport because this guy is clearly better was clearly better in this race and they are letting the German guy the, you know the, the Schumacher pass so why would I I bother with motorsport like this is the the guy's trying his best and he's still not uh being vetted so why would i i care and uh even in brazil people would mock Barrichello, calling him you know the the first of the losers or you know he's always second always late for things there are so many memes that you know when something happens a meme will come up six months later of Barrichello saying coronavirus, wear our masks, <laughs> you know? like people make fun of him, <laughs> people make yeah. fun of him still today and uh, Massa, people, people didn't make as much fun of Massa as they did of Rubinho, but still, these guys have no, no, I don't know, it's not a fair playground after Ayrton Senna, too.
0: Yeah. So I imagine that Senna is your favorite race car driver.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, a, that's if America had a race car driver in F1. I mean, you'd have to idolize him because he's representing you. So exactly. I mean, and I rem- and I, I just got into F1 not too long ago, and I won. I was looking up all the highlights of every, of all the influential racers, and. What I remember reading about Senna was that Senna was able to detect problems in a car long before they even happened. Like he would tell the techs that, you know, something's wrong with the brake, something's wrong with the steering, and they'd be like, "Oh, it's just a little bit." And so he could sense it, especially because he had all that seat time going on. He was he was able to let them know that their car had problems before they actually really became an issue and i was i was amazed by that and it inspired me to want to learn a card that well yeah so
1: yeah he is missed he's very missed and the impacts of uh, the person that he was because he was a he was a great person so very lovable character uh is still seen yeah. today because he has the, the Institute Instituto Senna uh taking care of you know kids in need um so yeah very 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 much missed but you know uh, maybe uh I know that Rubinho Barrichello his kids are coming up you know maybe mm. there is a new racer there that is about to show up that will you gain that, that space. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Nelson, Nelson Piquet's son. Is it the Junior one? Piquet Junior, the one in Formula E. He was just very. He's. I don't find him very lovable, which is the thing that made everyone love Ayrton Senna. You know, like he's a great driver. Clearly, otherwise he would not be winning championships, but, yeah. There's something about Ayrton Senna that he just got everyone's hearts, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sort of, sort of like how Danny Ricardo is now. Uh, he's, just, he's a flawed driver, but he, he has all that personality behind him.
1: Interesting, interestingly, I can't say that word, but you know what I mean? It's the opposite of Hamilton. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because Hamilton is hated. And that's the reason people kind of love him. I, he's so I hated.
2: Like, I like Lewis Hamilton. I mean, I uh, he's I know he's like the Tom Brady of the F1 world. So, I mean, I can understand why people hate him. Retired. Yeah, he's
1: good. He's good. That's why people hate him and black. Yeah,
2: well, I do. I do have to say, if he was put next to Michael Schumacher and Aaron Senna, he'd lose.
1: Oh. Well, that's, that's the thing lot. that I don't know. I, do, I don't know if I agree or not. I feel like we tend to say that he would lose because he's our contemporary. It's very hard to idolize someone that is still alive and still making mistakes, still saying things that hurt other people. And, you know, it's... I Senna, and Schumacher, these guys, they have achieved this idea of, you know, I'm I'm an idol. I am so beyond everyone else that uh, feels like they don't have any competition, you know. But I feel like Hamilton will get to that point, Uh, you know, once he retires, or you know, uh, well, hopefully, once he retires, I hope nothing bad happens to him. No,
0: yeah, yeah. agreed. But uh,
2: I remember Hamilton was in an interview with someone and he was able to drive Senna's McLaren and he said something along the lines of he you know he he can't imagine himself driving those cars as they're really old school and really tough to drive because he would have to drive them on the edge of just that technology they had at the time compared to what he has now they have all them you know the the flabby paddle gearboxes the the Really All the in there. Uh, yeah. So, he even said oh. that it, it would be a bit difficult to drive. Lewis. Lewis Hamilton. I'm Talking sure about it would
1: cars. be difficult both ways, right? I mean, if Ayrton I had to drive a super technological car today, he would yeah. struggle, right?
2: It'd probably be like seeing, like, your parents trying to work a
0: smartphone. Yep. <laughs> yep. So... What's your favorite uh, Top Gear and Grand Tour moment? And or, should say. Uh, Maybe like a favorite mm, episode or something.
1: Specific moment. No, no, favorite episode, I would say the Colombia one. You know, don't one that they... <laughs> I love that one. That the three cars arrive in a Balsa. How do they say Balsa in English? No, the one I'm talking about that uh, they're trying yeah, to. When they came,
2: when they came on the shore as uh, on like boats and stuff like that, little rafts, and it was the, the jeep rats. and everything.
1: That's yes, that's the word. Yeah, the Colombia one is is pretty fun. And they
2: try to uh, go throughout. The show. Wait, is that Colombia
1: or Bolivia? I'm getting my South American. <laughs> Country's I think he mascot. might have been the
0: Bolivia special.
1: Bolivia, yeah, sorry. Just because I'm from South America doesn't mean I know South America. Was it the I'm... one
0: where we're driving like the three SUVs, like the Land Cruiser, Land Rover? Yeah. Jeep. Yeah. Okay.
1: Bolivia. Yes. Uh, yeah, Bolivia. Sorry. I'm from yeah, I'm Brazil. To... I speak Portuguese. I don't know the difference between the Spanish
2: <laughs> yeah, that was going and not saying um, cocaine the whole time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See? So, uh, in terms episode. of moments, you know the the that moment, you know, in the I actually have I seen this moment again, so that's why it's still in my head. Uh, the RIMAC crash, I thought that was pretty uh-huh. heavy. That's a an interesting moment
2: that, that happened on my birthday
1: no oh. way
2: yeah <laughs> i i Happy was like birthday. oh god richard Hammond is going to die on my birthday holy crap june 9th my birthday is june 9th so wow
1: it sounds like he was okay, right? Um, I, I know that everyone expects me to be like super fan of them. I am a fan, but I cannot tell you details, personal details of any of their, their lives. But um, he was okay, right? He left the, the car and he was like conscious the whole time. He was just like with this, the, the lag destroyer, something yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, well, he had, yeah. It wasn't a broken ribs, I think, right? Oh, yeah. Broken he had ribs, a, arms,
2: something uh, it, it, like that. Something, like, he, he lost some height because of something in his leg. He had to get like, he, a bolt he Lost foot. height? Yeah, yeah he, 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 he didn't grow. He, he actually uh, got a little shorter because something, the impact impacted something. He became
1: so.
0: even more of a midget. Yep.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that. Poor guy. Oh, I never the one knew leg, about then. that
0: either, actually. Hmm. So... Well, that... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was wondering, I was asking what you said. Oh. I think she said it was like something about it being only on one leg. Do we know how much shorter he got? Because he was already, uh, what, like five-something. Hold on. What's he's already... not that short,
1: is it? He's yeah, five, six. All right, that's tall, isn't it? Taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway. I am five three, so... Okay. Short. Well, I'm 5'2", little points. Um, 158 centimeters. Doesn't make any difference. Well, it only makes difference when I'm trying to drive. Because then I have to pull the, the seats all the way forward. And for some cars, even when you put it all the way forward, it's not comfortable. Like in the Mitsubishi Pajero, every time I pull it all the way forward, I keep hitting my knee, the, the throttle knee on the dashboard. It's very uncomfortable.
0: Oh. Uh, yeah. Short people problems. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, so what's your favorite tribe on Drive Tribe?
1: My favorite tribe on drive tribe, uh, I would say it's the all all poles tribe. All poles, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Sorry, got it, got it's it. the British in me, it said pulse, but it's poles. <laughs> got,
0: it. got it, got it, got it.
1: Because I love how. I love this idea that you can ask someone or a group of people anything you want and a lot of people will reply and then you have this general idea of what the people around you feel about a subject. I just love that. A subject or a thing, right? I love that.
0: That's true. Yeah. I right. wish so, so.
1: The thing that I wish, sorry to interrupt you, but the oh, thing I ahead. wish we had was a smaller poll tool that, like, if you're writing an article, so let's say you're writing a review about a car and you're talking about uh the disposition of, I don't know, cup <laughs> And then I wish we had a smaller pool there that you could put just, you know, two lines, like, uh, what do you think is more important in blah, blah, blah. And then two questions. As so that people would uh, be able to read an article and then interact with something, take a break, breathe, take whatever time they need to refocus on this, the next thing so that uh, creators could get some information about the people they were reading and how far they got in the article. Uh, and people would just, you know, had ways to rest from, reading it turns out that people get really tired of reading i've learned in this past years working yeah, at, uh, difficult uh,
0: to keep people's attention and all of that
1: very difficult
0: yeah you gotta keep people on edge the whole time but so i've kind of avoided this because this is the main thing that i wanted to talk about you mentioned earlier that you're an employee for drive tribe but what what do you do as an employee for them
1: I am a product manager. That wasn't always my role there. I started on Drive Tribe as a community manager, which is what Ben and John do.
0: Uh say that again. A
1: I started on Drive Tribe as a community manager. Okay. Which is what Ben and John do. Ben and okay. John are community managers. Uh, both of they, they have each like specific talent, like John is very good with editing and all of that. And Ben is more, you know, the advice, problem-solving guy. Yeah. And and I was always the technical person. So I ended up uh, becoming a product manager. Do you know what a product manager does? Well,
0: aren't you kind of the person who helps make up all the new features that come out, right?
1: Basically, yeah, a, a product manager is the person that is responsible for the product, and the product includes apps, websites, uh, everything, basically, everything that a user sees and sometimes what a non-user but a staff member sees in case of the ad- admin tools that sets the headers and all of that, uh, that's the realm of a product manager. Some products go, some product managers go even beyond that. But in, in my case, uh, it's basically web app and the admin tools. Okay. But I have helped people outside that too, like social, the social team, and all of that. But mainly, app web tools.
0: Okay. So, what's the best part of being a product manager for Drivetruck or an employee in general?
1: The best part, oh, this is going to be so cheesy. people are going to mock me forever. But the best part is being able to help creators make more engaging content or uh, help them be recognized for the work that they do. So sometimes we'll get a request. Someone will say uh, we need to generate a more subscriptions so then uh we got the chance to come up with uh, an idea that okay so if we have more subscript we need more subscriptions what can i do to give more subscriptions to a platform in, in the case of twitch what they did is they generated subscriptions for every single creator right in our case we didn't uh, have the possibility to do that initially so instead we developed the awards which was a way for us to spread the love between creators and you know how when drive tribe like two years ago two years ago we didn't have a way to show creators that they were valued so we created a verticals and started promoting things to the verticals so then people started feeling feeling love because they were getting promotions but it got to a point where in my opinion there was so much great stuff going on that unfortunately wasn't considered up for promotion standards because of our commercial partners. But in my opinion, they deserved the love. So having the opportunity to come up with this award system and award, creating awards that we could give to creators that are not necessarily you know, up to promotion standards, but they also have a role in the community. That was my favorite part. Helping the community is always my favorite part because those are the people using the application, using the website. Those are the people that keep the, the platform running, in my opinion.
0: Right. Yeah, that, at, at the launch of the award system, people were kind of questionable about it. At the start, I'm sure you noticed that there was a lot of criticism, but then everybody kind of warmed up to it and... I mean, I'll be honest, that the star was kind of confused by it, but now I love the concept of it. It's fun receiving one, just as much fun as it is giving one to somebody
1: else. Interestingly, I love saying that word because I can't speak it properly. Uh, that release was one of the most positive ones that we had. Of the big really? features that we had, that was one of the most positive ones. And I, I was following it like crazy. I was reading every single comment everywhere. I spent the whole afternoon replying to messages and my hands were hurting like crazy. But uh, it was very positive. Uh, is it 100% the feature that I wanted to build? No. But unfortunately, we have to make compromises so that you know it, it uh, fuels every requirement from every single department the The most difficult thing about being a product manager is not is that not necessarily you have you get to build your dream product. So you have to listen to the needs of everyone and like make a huge compromise and build something that is gonna make everyone happy. If I were to build what I wanted, it would have been completely different. So what would uh, it I, have been? Uh. I would have made it in a way that a bit like Twitch. You know Twitch? Yes.
2: Yeah, I've yeah, heard of I it. It's a, stream, it's a live streaming service for uh, gamers, mainly.
1: Well, it was it's supposedly for gamers, but you have a lot of chatting. So people just chatting with other, you have music. Um, I know that there is a lot of potential there, too. But uh, for now, mainly gaming. But I would do something where you can subscribe to creators. Because I personally believe that the reason people use Drive Tribe is, well, the users that are using the application is for following specific creators, right? Even if the person doesn't have a huge following, like you don't have to be a team really to have someone liking you, in my opinion. So I, I believe that everyone, has a chance to get uh, a subscription. You know, someone to subscribe to them. And I've, if I were to build something, if I were to maybe, I mean, that's there's actually a chance that in the future we can iterate and switch this uh, to something where you can subscribe to another creator. There's always a chance that we can build these things. But in Corona times, with lack of resources, we always have to bring ideas down and make them as simple as possible to see, okay, so in the future, if we want to do this for every single creator, where I can subscribe to Alice, I can subscribe to Charles, um, how can I prove that this con- concept is valid without building this, you know, World trade center building? Can I build a little thing and prove that this is valid? So that's that's how you end up with, the award system. So, can you use the award systems to prove that people actually want to award which, uh, each other. So, right. th- the, it's, it's complex because resources are limited, right? Everyone looks at their tribe and see, you know, oh, this giant startup, but it's, it's uh, yes, it's a giant startup, but that doesn't mean the resources are limitless, right? We have to always test ideas and then be able to um boost them and someone like twitch they they have amazon money right behind them and they don't have one product manager they have you know tens dozens I, i don't even know but they have one product manager for every single feature and right now we have one product manager for uh, three, that, what two platforms, three apps, and uh, two admin tools. So, yeah, it's yeah. a lot.
0: You've, you've got a lot on your plate, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember when I
2: started out, you used to help me and you used to share my uh, my content o- across some of the uh, you know, the, the home pages and the slides and stuff like that. And I'd go to you for advice. So, I remember.
1: Yeah, I was I was working like ten hours, more than ten hours per day at that time, and I was like fully in the platform, right? I was one hundred percent dedicated to that, Um, and I I guess uh, I I still believe in it. I still believe on Drive Tribe. It's just a Corona made everything so much. Harder, right? Because before we used to have a bunch of developers that would fix bugs and build things, build all dreamy things that uh, we wanted to build, and now we don't. So it kind of hurts our heart when someone asks for help, and it's something that we know we have to fix, but uh, we can't because if we stop to fix that, then we can work on the o- other one thing that we are working. So it's been difficult. It's been yeah. very difficult.
2: For yeah. sure. It,
0: uh, well, it, I, it's been a pain. Yeah. I saw that Tribe's coming out, too, with a whole new system with how they're going to pay for creators and all of that. And they're going to get rid of some of the costly stuff to take care of, like the leaderboard. I think they said they were going to scrap the whole Apple news system and all of that. So in that sense, that should help out a lot to help manage, you know, not having to spend as much time. Fixing things that have been proven to be not so reliable.
1: Um, actually, um, maybe uh, not really, because even though they are, it's still using our system, right? If it's still using awards, it's still using our system. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know exactly what the changes are because I only work one day a week now. I, when I show up, I focus so so solely that's a difficult word for me to say too. So lily on bugs. So I, I turn my computer on, I have a catch up meeting with my boss just to see what's going on, what are the priorities this week. Then I go through all of the bugs that were reported, I test them, if there's something that is like seriously broken, I, I put a um, bug report as you know, an urgent bug report, like this is seriously broken, you have to fix this. Like, Stop everything uh, that usually doesn't uh, happen anymore because we managed to bring the platform to a, a point where Nothing goes out. That is seriously broken uh, That was not the case before Like uh, three years ago there were lots of things that would go live in the launch day and it wouldn't work, but uh, we don't do that anymore then uh, After I do all this bug troubleshooting, I test everything, make sure everything is working. Then I go work um, on whatever product project is going on. So if you're working on a new idea, I go talk to the designer and he usually has questions that I reply with more questions, basically. That's my job. I just reply with more questions and I help him find the best solution. I never, I rarely, Sometimes I do actually, but I rarely just tell people like exactly what I think should be done. I usually try to question people and see if they get to the same point as I do. So in the case of the community, this this community changes, I am not fully aware of uh, the changes because I am not working on the community side anymore. But it sounds to me like still gonna use our, technical resources because the awards are our technical resources and and Still gonna be on in our realm.
0: Okay So then what's the next big thing for Drive Tribe? What's like the next big feature coming out?
1: I am Not sure I can disclose that, <laughs> to be honest with you. Okay. I'm not sure I can disclose that. You know, that every every employee that joins our company has to sign a paper, you know, that you can't just tell people <laughs> to care okay. about. So I'm not sure I can disclose But we have that. something uh, in uh, the works, um, so.
0: though. <laughs> So you have something in the works, though. Yeah, there is always
1: something in the works. You know that, They have time. It's very expensive. So they're always working on something. But whether I can tell you or, <laughs> or not... Oh, for something. sure. And also
0: I know a lot of people were asking too about having uh, being able to use studio or have studio compatible on uh, iPhone, tablets, Samsungs, Android, all of that. Do you, is that like still like a, a priority or is that something that's kind of on the back burner for now?
1: Uh, I think that I can tell. Yeah. If I can't, it was nice meeting you all. <laughs> <laughs> that' time but uh, last year, I really wanted to make that happen. so I started working on it. I started talking to our mobile developer. I talked to our CTO, which is my boss, and we were trying to find a solution, so I, I started like drafting a wireframe of how that could look like, and it would be initially very simple, just you know basic basic editing tools because I, I I talked to people and as my suspicions, uh, the, the, the my suspicions were confirmed by talking to people because everyone said that the most important thing to them was to be able to edit an article after they published, because sometimes they publish something in the computer and then they're at home and then, ah, oh, there's a typo I said, uh, something that yeah. is not correct. So yeah. <laughs> initially that would be the biggest thing. So being able to open an article, editing it, and saving it. But then Corona hit. And that project itself, even without Corona, would take from three to six months.
0: OK. Because wow. the,
1: as you know, like studio is very finicky. It's very complex. And it was built uh, when Tribe was released. So it was, it was built by a different team of people, it's a bit like, how do I explain this? It's a bit like getting someone else's article and having to change it, but it still has to look like that person wrote. You know, it's, you have to edit someone's code and build with someone's code, and it's, it's just very complex for people to do it, and it takes time, a lot of time. Oh, for sure, if-
0: because now you're having to adapt to somebody else's code, and some of it might not make too much sense because you didn't build in the first place. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, and our team hasn't been big for the past, what, two years, since I started working in product. The team has been very, very small. Unlike, you know, in the beginning, in the beginning, we, we had a lot of people working in tech and then uh, the priorities have changed because we got to a point where the product was somewhat self-sustaining, right? We have all of the tools that you need. You have studio, you have um, all the, the polls and all the little things, the quizzes, the, the basic stuff we had. So you don't need to keep reinventing the wheel there. You have something that grows. So the, all of the resources, resource, resources, sorry, I can't speak English. They were redirected to, to somewhere else where it was uh, deeply needed. Meaning that we can't just uh, stop everything, like stop fixing bugs, stop um, coming up with uh, new uh, ideas like the allures just to, Pick something that already works in a different place. I don't know if that makes sense. but No, that makes uh, sense. In the end, it it's does. a business and it has limited resources and it has you no know, investors telling people, like, don't waste your resources because you know, we're we are watching you. So then people have to make difficult decisions. And um, it, it's stressful for everyone. It's stressful for people that work. Too like for me it's really stressful because I have a personal connection with so many creators and I I I have a personal connection with this product too. three years ago I was absolutely in love with the idea of Drive Tribe as a platform to um, democratize I don't know the word that I can say but I can write it democratize I guess democratize (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I, I have a lot of words that I can write but not speak. That one isn't one That's of them. That's understandable. It's, um, <laughs> it was a tool to allow anyone to express an opinion or just you know, to, to write and that... to get distribution, which is something that other places don't do, right? If you create a WordPress article today, no one will read your stuff. You still have to provide distribution to your own to your own article. If you go on Facebook, if you don't have friends, and sometimes even if you f- have friends and you post, that doesn't guarantee that people are going to read it, right? Because not necessarily your friends are interested in what you have to say, right? They're following you. They're your friends, but it doesn't mean they like cars. While yeah. in a platform like Drive Tribe and Food Tribe, there is. Notice audience that's thirsty for a specific type of content and they will read you no matter who you are. they don't really care who you are they they want that specific topic and i find that beautiful it's just you yeah, connect yeah. people through the things that we love so it's really hard for me when i can't give people studio mobile because I'm personally always on mobile and I'm always creating content on mobile and I know that it would make a lot of difference in terms of quality of content in terms of quantity of content it would be amazing but uh, I can't build it myself I can't tell my boss hey I don't care what you're talking about let's build this because this is yeah. more important for my people and it's like I can't. yeah that makes <laughs> sense
0: so yeah, i guess yeah, if, yeah. if that <laughs> were to happen if, if studio comes out in you know the next month year whenever it comes out would that be its own app or would that just be exactly as it is on computer it would just open up kind of a new tab
1: i don't think it would be on an extra app because an extra app means everything extra. So an extra release, an extra thing, an extra set of codes, you know, every, every time you add a new app, you you're adding you know, something else for you to take care of. It's very complex. So it would probably be part of uh, what, it, what exists. The okay. other option yeah. too, the simplest option, which I think we also we can't do it because the code is, is super complicate, complicated, would be to make Studio accessible uh, in a browser on mobile. So when you open Chrome on your phone, to make it usable. That would be simpler than building an app and then building it in the existing apps, but we also, uh, we can't do this at the, at the moment, which is also pretty sad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The only thing for me about Studio is that I take a really nice picture of a car, and I want to use that as like my you know opening photo, the header, or whatever you call it, the hero image. And it's a nice picture. It's just that when it gets uploaded, it'll be like cut off somewhere. And I've always asked if like. There's a way we could recenter that. That way I could just move the image up or the focus up or down on it. Now I'm hoping well, maybe if that's you what you crop it to a
1: if though. you crop it to sixteen nine, mm-hmm. it should not crop. Because so the way that it works is that in the article, the container is defined as sixteen nine. So the ratio in the article is sixteen nine. So when you upload on studio. If you upload something that is not sixteen nine, sixteen nine, you know what I mean, right? Sixteen by nine yeah. Yeah. If you upload something that is not that, the image service provider will get that image, and in the article, so the image service provider has the full image, but then in the article, we define that that header is sixteen by nine because that's the yeah. dimensions of everything else. So the image service provider will say this image here needs to be sixteen nine. So uh, let me see what image uh, Charles up- uploaded. And then they will see, oh, this is not 16 by nine. So I'm going to crop it uh, using the rules that I have here. And then I'm going to deliver it to Drive Tribe in a 16.9. So the rules that they have, I think, relate to Focus point. I can double check it to so you a bit because I mean I'm not gonna remember it exactly. But what they do is okay. I'm gonna find the focus point here. I'm gonna find this, this, and that, and I'm gonna crop 16:9 uh, using those uh, calculations that I make. And then once they crop it, that is super fast. It takes like a second, less than a second. Then they they drop it in your article in that field as
0: 16:9. Okay. Basically. All right. That
2: makes more sense.
0: That's amazing—the kind of like science and logic behind all of that. You, like for us, you just click it, the photo uploads, and done. But just listening yeah. to the everything that goes into everything to make just the image pop up—it's like that's,
1: that's totally yeah, it's super complex. Yeah. So if you every time you upload an image, like you. If you want to download an image from DriveTribe in mean, your in your browser too, so you can just like remove part of the code that is saying crop X or Y, or do this and do that, and you can get the original image back. Because you're uploading the, the full image, they keep the full image, they just display it in different. The same way with the profile picture, you upload a square and then they crop it to a circle, right? Right.
0: Well, I also said earlier here, kind of changing gears, that we'd talk more about your streaming. So what got, what got you the idea to start streaming?
1: Because that kind of uh, came out of the blue. It did not. It's just because you're a young baby on Drive Tribe. Back in, God, that was so long ago, like three <laughs> years ago. Long, so long, long ago, in the lands of Drive Tribe, Alex, there was only one feed, only the homepage feed. And it was not as organized as, as it is today. It was not as populated as it is today. And there were these two crazy people called Ben Koenig and Pat Pedrosa trying to build a community out of whatever was there on Drive Tribe. As you know, when Drive Tribe was created, they brought a bunch of fancy people gave each one of them a tribe and these tribes got heavily populated, but there was no interaction because no one was building a community on, on drive tribe. You, you would go to Jeremy Clarkson's, Richard Hammonds and James May's post, yes, there was a bunch of comments. But everywhere else, it was just influencers wrapping their content and uh, lots of bumps, but no conversations going on. Then they thought that the problem was that only a few people had tribes. I'm pretty sure they got a bunch of complaints, like people saying, oh, how can I create my own tribe? Because, uh, and that's when I, I got into Drive tribe. When you joined Drive tribe at that point, everyone had a big tribe, all of these big names, and you had to post in one of their tribes, which was very uncomfortable. Like I want to post something personal, my experience, and I have to post in this Ben Combs tribe, <laughs> like why? So then I think it was by James May's request, they opened tribe creation, meaning everyone created a tribe to post their one article. Then, of course, they got no engagement and they left because there was, remember, one homepage feed that right. uh, had nothing going on. And that was it. So then uh, here comes Ben and Pat. Ben did his small tribes rule. don't know if you, uh, Charles probably remembers this uh, small tribes rule. Yeah,
2: I, uh, I used to use a hashtag small tribes rule just to get my articles into the small tribes rule chat. And I would have to sit there and share it into there. The link, I remember. I remember small tribes rule.
1: Yeah, and then it would and promote
2: small rule promote small tribes.
1: Exactly, and Ben carried so many people on his shoulders with this whole idea of small tribes rule. And I showed up with this uh, girl power idea, which was mainly to ban all the porn because back in the days. Uh, were so many naked ladies on Drive Tribe. And they were, well, it wasn't the ladies itself. It was like a guy posting pictures of ladies. If it was the ladies itself, fine event. But it was guys just posting pictures of ladies, right? So I showed up. I united a bunch of girls, Ben United, a bunch of uh, people. And uh, we started streaming. We started having live streams back in the day where we have... Uh, Google Hangouts used to have a connection with YouTube. So you could have a call on Google Hangouts and it would push directly to YouTube and record your conversation. So just like we were doing with Skype, Google had that with YouTube. Then we did a bunch of quizzes. Uh, we would have a pub chat and it was super fun. That was my first contact with live streaming and I absolutely loved, loved it. And it was how we built how we started the Drive Tribe creators community that you know now. We just got people together, and uh, lots of them uh, just left. Others grew. We have uh I, I love this story. Victoria Zip, Zipperman. She is now a journalist for Auto zeitung I don't know how to say it, but the the biggest automotive magazine in Germany. She is now uh, a journalist there. And it's all because of this beginning of the community on Drive Tribe that we did via Slack and via live streaming basically. And then when Corona hit, I started watching my friends, so as you know, I went to music school, I went to theater school, and most of my friends got, uh, I guess I can't say unemployed, because they used to play concerts, uh, shows, weddings, and all of that. And then suddenly they can't go to places anymore, but they still play. So they started doing all of these live events. And as right. I did the live events, I was talking to them and like, this, their struggle was always, how do I monetize my live stream? How do I make a living out of live stream? So then I started researching and I, I found out uh, the concept of Twitch and I thought that was pretty cool. So just like I did with Instagram. So my Instagram account, as you know, I have uh, more than 10,000 followers, but that's because two years ago, I started like, experiments and I said, I want to figure out what it, what it takes to grow on Instagram up to an influencer, small influencer point. So I started testing all of the stools, the strategies, all of this bunch bunch of different ideas that sometimes even you put your your account at a danger. But I tested it all to see how to grow this account because I wanted to help people on drive tribe by giving them uh, ideas and suggestions and concepts that I had proven with my own experience that works. So what I'm doing now is pretty much the same with Twitch. So I want to see what I have to do on Twitch to grow so I can help people like my friends and any, anyone else that wants to grow a system of subscription where your audience is the one that is uh, helping you grow instead of you know a company hires you or company pays for your content because I find okay. that con- that that concept of my audience is supporting me is to me more interesting than uh, this company is paying me because the company in a way has no ownership over you. And I find that very limiting uh, to your creativity as a creator. While if your audience is supporting you, they, they, it's like they're giving you the permission to be yourself. Because they are right. supporting you. They're not, buy, they're not buying you, you know?
0: You have no one bossing you around, that makes sense. Exactly, yeah. So, for those who actually watch your live stream, which, by the way, the link to our Twitch is down below, you're standing up the majority of the time, or all of the time.
1: What's, what's the reasoning behind that? Um, well, there are many. So, let me start by, I started streaming here, behind this wall, and I have my TV, I have the PlayStation, and when you stream straight from the console, uh, you have a few camera options, but even when you set it like on large and you place your camera in a certain place, you're still constricted right to the, the face cam, which is, uh, I learned the term correct term in live streaming t- uh, terms, uh, face cam. So it's just your face, and I found myself wanting to get out of that uh, boundary, that invisible boundary that was holding me. And I wanted to touch things on the screen and make jokes and like, interact with things. And I remember there was, there was this TV show back in the days, uh, in Brazil, in Brazil's MTV. I don't know if you guys remember MTV. Charles might remember MTV. <laughs> I don't I'm know if i familiar with MTV. I'm familiar <laughs> with
0: MTV. You've,
1: you've never watched MTV though, right? Oh, no. Yeah, see, it's an old people's thing. MTV, on MTV we had this show. This guy, uh, he used to have... Oh, how do I explain this? It's called The Worst Clips in the World. So it was basically the setup that I have, but of course, in a studio, professional studio, not you know one person running everything. And uh, they used to play the video clips, and he had a, you know the wooden stick horse that kids play with. He was just pointing out thing, funny things in clips, basically. And it was hilarious. And I thought, well, if I want to have more space here. Why don't I do something like this guy did with the clips so I can point to things in the game? And that's where I started. I had the office that I wasn't using a lot and I thought, well, now is the perfect time um, to use this space that I have. I can, um, I already have half of the text so now I just need a few things. So I just started putting it together and that's what I am doing now. I, I love it.
0: That's a weird oh. logic on why you're standing up, but that makes sense. Uh, yeah. To be honest with you, I'd love to keep going, but uh, I'm tight on time here. So we're going to have to call it a wrap here. Uh, what a hell of a podcast. Thank you so much, Pat, for coming on. Had a great time.
1: Thank you I for having you me. As well. If you, oh, if yeah, you ever want to do this again and ask more questions. I'm sorry that I talked too much. Oh, <laughs> but you're fine. To-
0: <laughs> You're fine. There's no worries with you talking. That's the point of a podcast, right? Yeah, right. It's a, it was a pleasure to have you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well,
1: yeah, I I'm very happy to finally get a chance to talk to you two. And uh as always, if there's anything that I can do for you, uh if you need uh just you know ears to talk to or just uh a honest uh Sometimes harsh opinion, I'm very direct. You know, I'm very direct, and so I don't, I don't do a lot of BSing around. I just say things directly. That's so, good. if you yeah, or anyone, the anyone else hearing this podcast uh, wants to keep in touch, just let me know. Happy to help.
0: Yeah. Yep, and honestly, like, thank you. And subscribe. <laughs> and yeah, I mean. You pretty much nailed it right there. Please go ahead and check out her Twitch where she does her live streaming. Join Drive Tribe if you haven't already. Uh, your Instagram. Do you have a Facebook and Twitter? Do you have I, I
1: do. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Pat, just look for Pat Pedroza at
0: me. Those are all being the links down below. Go check her out. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Stay safe and take care. Goodbye.
1: Bye. Get